us, is this the lunch loop? If so, um, we wish to cancel. Um, we do not wish to belong to that or to pay this anymore. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lun Loop Podcast, the podcast where we occasionally appear out of nowhere and talk about the intersection of markets, trading, and life. No, it's been so long since I did this. Markets, money, and life. You know the score. We talk about anything related to stock market, trading, finance, money, and then I just throw a bunch of non sequiturs in about my life. Speaking of which... In a moment, we're going to talk about stops and stop placement. But before I do, I have to emote for a minute. God damn it. When I was a kid, if you had said, give me a list of things that for sure you won't be, like there's a 100% guarantee that you will not be these things when you grow up, right? So for me, it would have been easy. I'm not going to be president of the United States. I know that's not happening. Not going to be an astronaut. No way that's happening. Not going to be Dutch. I will never be Dutch. God damn it. Never going to be a rap star. Lots of things I knew for sure I would never be. One thing I would have put on that list is I will never be a sentimentalist. I'm not a sentimental person. That's what I would have told myself. I don't get sad and somber around people and events. I don't get the blues for the way things used to be. I don't get depressed thinking about change. And I would have been 100% wrong because, God damn it, I am a sentimentalist. And it's mostly related to my kids, although there's other aspects of my life that I get sentimental about. Anyway, this all leads me up to today and the day I'm recording this. And today, my son graduated from eighth grade. And I have to tell you, it took me by surprise. It really did. He's been going to the same school for nine years, which means every morning for the last nine years, we have the same routine. We leave at the same time. I drop him off at the same place. I pick him up at the same place, same teachers. You know, it's so much a part of my DNA and my everyday existence. I've got timers on my phone. Because, you know, these days with kids' school schedules, it they're all over the place. When I was in school, you got to school at 7.30, you were out at 3.30. If you had uh, if you had a sport, maybe you got out at 2.30 and played the sport. Now they've got, there's assembly schedule, there's short day, there's extended day, there's half day. So I've got all these different alarms on my phone for, you know, which days I pick them up and which days I take them at which times. And so I, uh, all I was focused on this week was the fucking graduation ceremony, which was going to be two and a half hours for an eighth grade class. I don't know about you. I don't remember having a two and a half hour graduation ceremony when I was in eighth grade. And I just kept thinking to myself, I'm going to have to sit in a gymnasium on hard wooden benches for two and a half hours while... They, you know, read the names of every person. Like, I was not looking forward to it, and I was just so focused on that. And then I got to the event today, and towards the end of it, 
I started saying, oh my God, this is the last time I'm going to be at this school. And when we were done and I got him and we were kind of walking off campus, I, I looked around. And I was like, this is it. This is nine years of our life that are gone. And it really started to hit me. I should have been more present leading up to it. Kind of, you know, like saying, okay, you know, kind of get used to the fact that this is not going to be part of your life anymore. And look, I know there's lots of other things wrapped in, up into it. Now I've got you know, two high school kids instead of a middle school kid. I know it's a different phase in my son's life. I get all that stuff, but something about removing that, that daily, um, those daily habits and just, I guess what we know, right? Where we park, where we go, what he knows where to, to find me if my car is not right, where it, all that stuff. And it's just really, uh, hanging on me. So I'm a little verklempt. I'm a little sad, a little blue, but I'm going to persevere, and I'm going to talk about a question that was posed to me by Bruno, uh, one of uh, Lundloop subscribers, and I would say a friend of mine, who I, I just noticed has changed his name from Bruno Drums to Bruno Dog, okay? <laughs> so Bruno asked me a question in the Discord, the Lundloop Discord, which if you're a paid Lundloop subscriber, you should be in there, and if you're not a paid Lundloop subscriber become one and then you can come into the discord it's fantastic he asked me do you tend to use hard stops when you're at your desk or mental stops i forget if you've said this before uh sorry i know if you're away you'll pull stop uh, i know if you're away you'll put stops in place but i'm wondering about when you're actively watching positions okay so this is funny there's a little venn diagram here about relating to my son and mental or hard stops. When I was in the early days of Twitter, FinTwit back in, oh, I guess it would have been 2011, 2012. I was trying to, you know, meet people, get to know people, get some traction on Twitter. And I I happened into this, this conversation that was involving about 10 or 15 people. And it was about mental stops or hard stops. And they were going back and forth why you should use one or you should use the other. And I just said, I had a mental stop in place once and didn't obey it. That's how I ended up with my son, right? And that, for some reason, that tweet took off and went viral. And I think that's how I met Joe Fami and a bunch of other people. So anyway, so let's let's talk about mental stops. Let's talk about hard stops. When I was learning about the markets, I was fortunate enough to be able to interact with some old school traders, some guys who'd been around the block, uh, been doing it for decades. And one of the things that they were so adamant about is never put in a hard stop. And their, their rationale was, if you put a hard stop in, then it becomes part of the market. And it's out there. Right? You don't really have any control over it. And I think what they were thinking is that, that that it's easier for it to be hunted. right? If you actually have the stop there, the algorithms, the specialists, the market makers, whoever you want to talk about, will try to trigger those stops because obviously they get paid based upon transactions. And the more transactions there are, the better. And it's not like a formal conspiracy, but the... The exchanges and the market makers and all these people benefit from this, so they there's a there's a tacit um, there's a tacit way of acting that 
will maybe drive price towards big stop areas in order to trigger them. So these old school guys are like, never become part of the market, right? Only use mental stops. So for the longest time, I thought, okay, mental stops are the way to do it. But what I found with mental stops is that sometimes I would say, okay, I'm going to stop out if price hits, let's say 70. Let's say price is at 70.50. And if it comes down to 70, I'm going to uh, stop out. And then so price is coming down, it's 70.25, 70.10, And then it breaks through 70 really fast. It, it, it spikes down and maybe it goes to 69.50. And I didn't, I wasn't able to put the stop in or, or to, to close out. And so then in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, maybe it will bounce, right? Maybe it will bounce. And so maybe it will bounce half the way back up to 70. I go, okay, okay, I'll wait till it gets to 70 and then I'll stop it out. And then maybe it recovers 70 and I go, oh, wait, well, it's now back above 70. So maybe it's going to rally. And then it rolls over. And then I start playing this game of mental ping pong back and forth. And next thing I know, it's down at 65. So I guess from a discipline standpoint, what I started doing is I said, well, I'm just going to put the stop in. I'm going to do it no matter what. Uh, I don't want to delude myself that I'm going to stick one in there when when it hits the price uh, that I want to get stopped out at. I can't trust myself to do it. But then I had the old timers right in the back of my mind that were like, oh, you never want to be a part of the, the market. So I I had this this ping ponging back and forth. Eventually, what happened is that life took over. And I had certain realities as I got older and as I had kids. And so if you look at my my day-to-day trading right now, so my kids get up at 6.30 and I get my kids up because I want to get them up. I want to wake them up. So the market opens at 6.30, maybe for the first two minutes, I'm not at my desk. I'm waking them up. And then I come back and I sit at my desk and I watch the market for the first 30 minutes, 45 minutes, but then I got to make them lunches for school because I want to make them lunches. So that takes me 15 minutes to be away from the market. And I come back up, I'm watching. Of course, I'm on my phone this whole time, but it's not the same when you're on your phone. At least I don't think it's the same as being in front of your your trading screens. And then I have to take them to to school because I want to take them to school. So I drop one off, I drop the other off. On the way back, I'll go through Starbucks and get a tea, and then I come back. And then I'm at my desk, and I can be at my desk pretty much all day long, but guess what? I have a life, and sometimes, you know, you have to take care of things. Sometimes you have to go get your car smogged. Sometimes you got to pick a friend up from the airport. There's things that happen. Plus, there's times when you just shouldn't be at your desk, when the market's not doing anything, and if you're at your desk, there's too much of a temptation to push a trade or do something you shouldn't do. That's usually between 9 and 11 or 11.30 West Coast time. Also, I need to exercise. I need to eat lunch. There's all sorts of things. So as much as I wish, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't really want to sit at my desk for six and a half hours. I want to be at my desk for most of the time. I want to be connected for most of the time. But there's also times when I want to, you know, obviously do things that, that are important to me in my life. So based upon that, and those realities, I've just had to get to the point where I put hard stops in no matter what. I put them in whether I'm sitting there in front of my computer or whether I'm out walking or, or hiking on the trails. What I have learned to do is to not put stops 
at real obvious spots. And this is something that we've talked about before in the past. This is something I've written about. Nobody is coming after my stop, despite what the old timers were telling me. They were thinking about running stops from more of a, I think from more of like a, a, a pit trader standpoint, because a lot of these guys were old, old school pit traders. And I don't think, you know, someone that's got 100, 500, even 1,000 shares out on uh, the exchanges, no one's going after those. What they're going after is the fact that those 1,000 shares are at the same exact place that 500,000 other shares are because everybody's looking at the same charts or the algorithms know the levels. So what I try to do is always have a hard stop in, but I try to put it in a place that... uh, you know, if, if, if it's going to hit that spot, it means the move is real. It's a real move, right? I don't want to, there's nothing worse for me than, than seeing something go down and hit my stop and immediately reverse. Like that makes me so angry even after 35 years. And that's where I, I sometimes find myself revenge trading. So what I'll do is when I'm reverse engineering my position size, instead of looking at that level, so let's say Let's say I'm going to get in at uh, 70 and I'm going to say 69.50 is where there's a chart-based stop level. That that would make sense. And so normally I would put my stop in at like 69.45. What I'll do is I'll actually take a smaller position and then expand my stop. So maybe this stop is at 69.25 to give me a little bit extra room in case they do run those stops and so I don't uh, exceed my maximum loss. Or I'll try to be more strategic in building my position so that I can give myself more room for my stops. Uh, but the the, the 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 bottom line is I put hard stops in whether I'm sitting at my desk or I'm away from my desk because I know my own nature and I know that that if I if I say I'm gonna put the stop in, if I have that mental stop, there's a chance that I might rationalize why oh, maybe I don't put it now or maybe I'll pull it or give it a little more room and you know next thing you know I'm I have a third kid um I would like to repeat that want to be canceled from the Lund loop whatever you've got me on um if you wish to call and explain what it is uh actually uh, forget that well that's it for this episode if you got any questions hit me up at brian b-r-i-a-n at the and i'll see you next time bye